Hi there. This is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world. Sometimes I do spirit-led sermons from the divine. In our household, we worship the Holy Trinity, Father of all of us, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I share music with you that I create to help empower you to find happiness from within, from a variety of genres. I've got uh, 92 songs created since uh, October 2020, so today's date, September 2nd, 2023, so less than, oh, just shy, a couple weeks shy of, of three years, he's gifted me 92 songs. They're not all done yet, right? Because being a creative person, uh, it's a, it's a, it's an outlet to release stress, to initiate creativity, which brings me joy. That's how I was designed from the Father. So I'm just living my life, being an example to you, and sharing my journey on this show. And I was reviewing my last episode that I just released because I'm obedient and he has me review things because I have been professionally hacked by an evil satanic worshiping group that sexualizes and abducts children. They mess with my tech. I never know when they are going to mess with it. They have infiltrated America. They've infiltrated all countries. They're the richest of the richest of the rich. And they pay a lot of people mess with people's tech that are doing good things in the world that are damaging their bank accounts I am a protector of children and I educate parents first responders anybody uh, through my story through my truth um, I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and they don't like that I share with you that you can get healing from the father that your depression is not forever you don't have to just be medicated for the rest of your life and, and live a horrible life, right? That's what the enemy desires, to keep you sad, to keep you depressed, isolated, and even maybe get you to do some self-harm things. That's what the enemy desires. I come from the bloodline of Jesus Christ. I'm a descendant of King David who slayed Goliath. Straight up, straight up, homie G. <laughs> And uh, I grew up in the hood from two Christian parents that were married for 40 years and dad died 2016 and that launched Move Happy. I created it when I worked in a psych hospital as a way to relieve my stress, to keep my mind focused on positive things because my patients and the staff there were really kind to me during that humbling time in my life when my dad died. That's what started this whole thing. And, uh, as I was reviewing the episode that I just released earlier, uh, this I think this afternoon, I uh, just got done listening to it and was putting the little headphones away, and then the Holy Spirit said, you, you ready for another one? So I'm pretty wide awake today. I haven't done much today. I've stayed in this temporary stay where I'm at, pretty much in the room, all day. And uh, except for going to the bathroom and grabbing a bowl to eat. Um, so I've been kind of just chilling today and hanging out, um, worshiping the Savior and whatnot. And I said, of course, Lord, what's the topic? And <laughs> he said, uh, nocturnal. So, all right, nocturnal it is. The first thing that came to mind was kitty cats. Kitty cats are nocturnal. I'm not a huge cat fan, sorry if you are. Uh, I'm not against cats. We had a cat growing up. We had a cat and a dog. The dog's name was Bear. The cat's name was Shadow. And uh, I liked that cat. It was all right. Uh, but I'm allergic to, to most cats. Uh, makes my They make my uh, eyes water and my nose run. So I tend to not associate with them. But then you know how cats are. If you don't want to give them attention, then they just get all over you, right? Uh, when I was... Uh, when I was a little girl, we'd visit my grandma, my grandma Joyce, my dad's mom. We'd visit her 
couple times a week because I was homeschooled. And uh, my mom liked spending time with her, and they were in Bible study group together and whatnot. And when my parents first uh, moved up to Washington State from California where they um, had gotten married, I wasn't born yet. They lived with Grandma for a little while while they were um, look while Dad was get, getting applying for jobs and whatnot. You know, this was pre-internet back in like 1978, 79, somewhere around there. And he had a, a new. My oldest brother was just born in 78, so he probably would have been like one years old or one and a half. And they lived with Grandma, so Mom got really close with her because she had to get close with her, right? <laughs> And uh, so I'm the youngest, so by the time I'm born, you know, 86, so probably probably in like 90 through 92, we were visiting Grandma every single week, a couple times a week, and she lived in Purdy Beach, out in the Gig Harbor area, and uh, I loved visiting Grandma, because I was abused in the house from my oldest brother in secret and private. It's very common for it to happen. We don't wish it. We don't desire it for for you and, and your family, but it's my truth. It's my story. I never was harmed when I was at grandma's house. She was the spiritual matriarch of the family, and uh, she was very wise. She was an RN. She was retired by the time I was born. Um, I loved spending time with her, and she had a kitty cat. Her cat was super old. Her cat's name was Coco, and um, she she had some property that was like gravel property and she had, I remember some trees around her property and um, she had a clothing dry line outside. Like she was super old school with her, with her um, like laundry and everything. She lived in a mobile home. I didn't care. I didn't think any less of that. Like she, that was, she lived in a nice area, real nice area and it was paid for. She was very content with what she had, and uh, she kept things simple, and her kitty cat would always bring in random little birdies or squirrels to say, look, Mommy, look what I brought you, and sometimes the animals weren't quite all the way dead, <laughs> so they'd be flying, flopping around in the in the house or, or uh, scooting away out of fear, you know, because cats, uh, cats are hunters. You know, they're good to keep the mice away. But that cat would bring the mice in. And then I remember she had Shady was uh, another kitty. She had a brown. That one was black with like, I think like grayish white on the belly. And then Shady was like a calico kind of brown cat. I think Shady came from great grandma Ada. Her mom came from Italy. And uh, she's uh, half Italian. And kitties are nocturnal. Usually they're sleeping during the day and uh, awake at nighttime. But I don't know if she just trained the cats to be awake during the daytime. I'm not sure because I don't remember her cats being nocturnal. So it's quite interesting. But the Lord wanted me to talk about nocturnal. So that was something that came to mind. Anything else you want me to talk about, Father, about nocturnal? I have... I'm not. I'm definitely not a nocturnal person. Um, okay, so here we go. We'll talk about some stuff. So when I received training uh, off-grid in 2020 from the presidential security team, um, he never admitted who he worked for, but I had strong feelings that he worked for Trump because uh, the man that connected me to him had just gotten into his position as they were switching presidents over, and he told me, he said, we all work together. I was like, oh, interesting. All right. So uh, he was training me to change my schedule all the time. He didn't want me to have any sort of routine because they were like borderline trying to torture me in America. I'm not... I'm not joking. Like these these guys were testing me in all kinds of ways. Because this evil rich lady was very manipulative and she paid them. She paid them all to have me killed. And then they wanted to know why she wanted to have me killed. Well, she was telling them all kinds of 
terrible thing. She's a master manipulator. So he knew right away because he had his buddies look into my background. He knew I was connected to the father and he was testing me. And so anytime I'd show him my planner, he's like, no, the Lord don't like plans. I was like, what are you talking about? The Lord is an organized Lord. He's like, no, the Lord likes to lead our lives and be in charge of our lives. And if you're writing your plans ahead, it's like you're saying to, to the Lord, oh, by the way, I don't need you. I got this. I'm writing it down. See, I got my plans written down. I said, see, I don't see it that way. He says, you don't? I said, no. I said, I respect where you're coming from, but can I tell you a different perspective? He's like, all right. I said, I grew up and I had a lot of brain damage from the abuse I received as a child. I struggled in my learning in school. I was made fun of from a teacher in my eighth grade science class. She told me, Aaron, you'll be a lot more successful in life if you're more organized. And he's like, that's not very nice. I said, I know. I tried to be organized. She didn't help me get more organized. She just made fun of me. She didn't know I was being abused in my childhood and that the research back then was permanent brain damage. Her comment hurt. She didn't provide me steps to get more organized. But when I joined a direct sales company in 2015, they paid the top leader that started the company, the owner, he paid professionals to coach their top-level income earners to help them um, raise their value as they earned more money and grew their wealth. He helped them. He and his daughter, it was David Bird and Jenny Bird Greer, he coached all the top income earners, six figures and up. He, they provided free business coaching and personal life coaching to help them keep their level of happiness balanced as they grew their money so, so that they're not just making more money, right, and being miserable people because he believed that happiness is the precursor to success. Jeff Olson was the founder of Nerium, and they changed business names because they got hacked into from the Illuminati group after I had the president, Deborah Heise, of their nonprofit business arm, Live Happy, on my podcast. The Illuminati is evil, and they are all over America, all over the government, all over the world. And uh, we're draining the swamp. And uh, I told them my perspective. I said, when I joined this company. I bought that. I listened because success leaves clues. So I bought the planner. I started implementing. It came with a CD back then. Now it's, I think, a download link you click on. But back then, it started helping me to balance my job. I said, when I first started this working and learning this thing, I didn't, know, I didn't even know how to use a smartphone. Like, I had to buy a smartphone for this direct sales business and I bought the planner I did all the things I followed their system and sure enough five weeks later I had earned my investment back because I listened to them and I was implementing the planner and it helped to relieve my stress I wasn't as depressed anymore I felt more empowered to take control of my life he said that's where you're you need to be cautious you said the word control if the Lord is leading your life, he's in control. You're not in control. I said, I understand that, but I've been controlled and manipulated by men my whole life. Told on purpose to be quiet about evil, dark, sexual sins. And then when I spoke up about it, nobody listened to me. I got up early. I had to learn to get up early, to exercise early, before the weirdos would be awake outside because I grew up in the hood and one of my dear friends in junior high was gang raped and I didn't want to get gang raped like she did because she got pregnant and she had, she had to drop out of school I grew up in real stressful situations so for me getting organized in a planner helps me So I don't have to go get on medications. I just write in my planner. And I have a little bit of power that's been stripped of me my whole life. And I'm supposed to just 
sweep things under the rug. No. I started learning how to speak up for myself. And he respected me for sharing my heart with him and being honest. So he started training me and he started coaching me and explaining the why behind the what. I said, I'm very coachable. If people can explain why they do things, why I should do things differently, I'm, I use my brain. But if someone just tries to tell me to do something without explaining the why, I have concerns about it because I've been controlled and manipulated my whole life and I don't have a lot of trust in people because that trust was stolen because I was, I was forced into sex slavery from a family member. Do you have any idea the level of disrespect that causes and the roots, the roots of division in your brain to not trust, to not even know who you can trust because you can't trust your own family. So who can you trust? And then he started listening to me, really deeply listening to me. So then he started explaining things to me and he started slowing things down for me. And he's like, hey, I can't always tell you when we got to get up and go because if because if we're in a real emergency situation and we got to flee the scene we don't have 10 minutes for you to load your backpack I said all right that's fair if you just let me know the night before what we're doing the next morning then I can prepare and I'll get my outfit ready and if you just give me an approximate time from when we leave then I said if I at the last minute have to leave I forget stuff I don't see stuff on the ground I miss things and I don't like to feel unprepared He's like, I won't let you fail. I said, what? He said, Aaron, I'm not going to let you fail. You've had a lot of people on purpose set you up to fail, haven't you? I was like, yeah. <laughs> it feels like. I've had to work extra hard just to have a normal life. Nothing is normal for me. I'm an extremely intelligent person. I've had to work extra hard to be kind to other people that have been royally mean and disrespectful to me it's it's easy for me to recognize the disrespect now because I've raised my standards in how I allow people to treat me but when I first met him in 2020 I wasn't recognizing that people were taking advantage of me because I didn't know how to grow a business so there were so many rich people that were taking advantage of my gifts of connecting people and networking and promotions I wasn't profitable because people kept sending their people. Rich political leaders kept sending their people to get on my show, to get promotions, to then have meetings with me, to then get connected to my network. They were using me until I started raising my standards, and then all of a sudden people didn't want to work with me. Then they started having conversations, oh crap, she's figured it out. So when he trained me, he trained me not to trust everybody. Imagine that. You can't trust everybody, right? It seems so obvious, but he got very specific with me. He was like, just be cautious. Start looking into people's backgrounds. Pray on it. Have you prayed on these people? Have you prayed about asking the Lord to reveal to you who is good and who is not good? And I said, I've been going so fast because the, the vision was so clear to me from the Lord and he healed me instantly of suicidal ideations that I'd been struggling with for a long time by myself that I was motivated to help as many people as possible. And he said, well, if you go so fast and you help a bunch of people and you're not praying about it first, you might just step into something so quickly and then you're dead and then you're not able to help anybody I said yeah you're right I know I need to slow down people have told me that my whole life he said they've told you that your whole life that you need to slow down I was like yeah pretty much all my professors told me to slow down I said I know I have anxiety 
I've had to deal with it my whole life. I was never given help for it. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, we didn't go to doctors. Our, my doctor, my pediatrician handed me pills that increased suicidal risk. That was his help. And I asked for alternative options. So I didn't have a lot of trust in doctors after that. And neither did my mom, quite frankly. I got a lot more help in the church than I did from doctors. But I had to deal with the anxieties. I just thought that that was how I was. I'm not against taking pills. There's a bunch of different pills you can take. Now at 14, when your brain is still growing and maturing, mm, might not be the greatest idea. And uh, when I was watching these girls... Her eldest daughter was prescribed meds at 11. I said, no. Hell no. She was like, hell no? I was like, hell no. I said, no. It increases suicidal risk. Her brain is still developing. She has been through extreme trauma. If you told me what's, what you told me is true, and she witnessed you getting beaten up from your ex, absolutely not. There are all, plenty of alternatives. I said, I am... I am in the running for Global Mental Health Ambassadorship. I'm about to win this contest in October. I would gladly work with her and coach her and help her. I think therapy is great. Talk therapy is awesome, if that works for her. She was in martial arts. I said, if it works for her, awesome. Do not put her on medications. She is way too young for that. That is nuts. That is absolute nuts. 11 years old but that's what doctors do in western society just hand somebody pills who cares if the 11 year old kills themselves whoops try better next time no you can't try better when people kill themselves it's time for doctors to start stepping up and taking responsibility and that's why the military respects me that's why all the top level presidential security teams look out for me protect me and guard me because I tell the truth. I'm not an expert in pharmaceuticals. I'm an expert in healing myself because I had to deal with a bunch of bullshit, terrible doctors that didn't take responsibility and have lawyers to protect them from malpractice lawsuits. And I was ignored when I was 14 and I asked for alternative options. I was a very mature, wise, old soul. At a young age, I was forced to grow up very quickly, being forced into sexual slavery as a child, three years old, grooming by the time I was five years old. I already started accepting it as normal. I didn't desire to stay up late at night when I was a child because staying up late at night was never good for me. I, I would put myself to bed at 9 p.m. I had my own bedroom. I locked my door every night. But my brother could break in to my room anytime he wanted to. Anytime he wanted to take advantage of me. Until one day, there was a birthday party. It was my, my fifth birthday party. I started teaching my friend what I was learning from my brother. That is what happens when children are abused. They start spreading it to other kids because they think it's normal behavior. That is what the enemy loves to do. Start harming little kids at young ages because it plants seeds of depression, division, sexual sin. The enemy loves to destroy the purity of little children. And my friend tattled on me. I was leading it. I was facilitating it. It was normal for me. I thought that was what kids did to each other. And she tattled to my dad. 
I was like, no, 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 no. I knew right away how to cover it up because my, my brother was very convincing to keep it quiet, told me not to tell anybody or I'd be hurt. So when my friend tattled on me, my dad was like, oh, we need to have a conversation. We need to get her in therapy right away. Then they told my friend's parents. She wanted me to get in trouble. I was terrified I was going to get in trouble because I never did anything wrong. I was a mute kid. I kept by myself and I kept getting hurt and was ignored by the one person that was supposed to protect me when dad was working to provide for our family. She did the best she could, but she fucking ignored me. And she knows it. That's why she's never talked to me about the abuse. Who knows where my brother learned it? Who knows? But I know she was missing her husband. So if mom was abusing her boy, she's going to have to speak to the Lord about that. I have no idea where he learned it from. I think he might have learned it from a Japanese exchange student, but there was no talking in our household at all about anything. I've had to parent myself. That's the truth. Now, she taught me a lot of spiritual things. They, they had us go to church, but we didn't have conversations about anything joyful in the house. Dinner table, 5 p.m., sharp. Dad complained about his job. Everything was terrible about the world. There was no joy of the Lord is our strength. The household was led by our father who refused to get mental health services. So mom coped. She escaped through the church, pretending to be joyful at the church. A meek woman. And I love my mom. And she did a lot of great things. But she fucked up real bad about ignoring the abuse for four years. She will have to live with that. I forgive her. I forgive everybody that fucks me up. The Lord can heal everything if we give it to Him. This topic is nocturnal. I avoided being up at night. My oldest brother tried to break into my room and many times he did and was successful many times and he wasn't the only boy in the neighborhood that was abusing me and it's very common for young girls that grow up in neighborhoods with a bunch of boys unfortunately to be sexually assaulted that's what the white paper research states and the Me Too movement that happened a few years ago, a bunch of people were like, oh, crap, the women are starting to speak up. Yeah, because we have been royally disrespected for long enough. It's in the scriptures as well. It happened in my own bloodline from King David, Tamar and Absalom. He raped his own sister. She, I think she was a half-sister, but still, that's still blood-related. And then... He was disgusted with her afterwards. He didn't want anything to do with her. She said, don't rape me, please. It's against our faith system. And then he did it anyway, because men get whatever they want. And that's what my hero trained me on in 2020. He said, women in war times are raped. That's what they do for their training in the military through the Sears training school for the army. I said, they rape women? On purpose? He's like, yeah, they have to train them to be mentally tough. So they rape them in the training. And they don't talk about it, but I'm talking about it. Because I want you to know the truth about America. How fucked up it is when wartime comes. Abusing children, not acceptable. Ignoring the abuse of children, not fucking acceptable. Being a pedophile in a leadership position, not acceptable. Nobody should be touching any body parts of children that are covered by a swimsuit. That was a standard that my youth pastor, Paris, told us. It was such a simple way to explain it. Because he was a survivor of molestation as a child. And when he shared it, 
Then a bunch of parents got paranoid that he started sharing the truth, that he made up a bunch of bullshit lies, and he lost his job. That's how fucked up churches are. I'm sorry, but I am very irritated at the church. The church as a whole. I had a lot of great spiritual leaders growing up, and he was a great one. And he chose to have a life, a homosexual lifestyle, and I'm sad for him, not because of that, but because he got AIDS, and he's AIDS positive. And he spoke about that on the podcast when I interviewed him in my uh, first year when I lived in Nashville, Tennessee, in my bedroom. I did the little Zoom interview with him, and I was... I was crying inside my spirit because I was so sad for him that he shared, he thought, after getting AIDS from some, probably from a guy, I don't know, that he he felt like he didn't deserve love from anybody after that. And that broke my heart because he was such a good pastor to us. He got us volunteering in the community he got us helping Uh, we would sing I remember at um, old folks homes and uh, we did all kinds of things and he would have us hold our bible and he would say repeat after me I have what the word says I have and I am who the word says I am every Sunday Every Sunday, we had a rhythm. He brought volunteers of a variety of cultural backgrounds. Mickey was uh, my, she was my mentor from Japan. She was an exchange uh, visa working student. Um, she wasn't, I don't think she was studying in school, but she she had a, uh, a working visa, and she worked, I remember, like a glass, I think she worked at the Tacoma Glass Studio or something like that. And then uh, she was uh you know, volunteering and whatnot. He tried to marry her, actually, because uh, I think he did love her. I think he really did love her. And she, somebody goofed with her visa and she had to go back to Japan and he wanted her to stay because she was such a good mentor to us, us young ladies. She was, you know, college age, a little bit after college. And she helped, she helped me a lot. And, uh, there was another lady, um, I can't remember her name, but she had cute little uh, short black afro. She was real sweet. And uh, there was a couple of guys. Jordan Bailey was there. Jesse uh, was his fiance. Now they're, they've been married for a long time. And uh, Jesse told us um, he had honest, he got us honest conversations. He got parents' permission because it was a democratic uh, state. And uh, you're not allowed to talk about sex with minors without parents' permission. You have to get it in writing. And uh, it's opt-in state, I think, or opt-out, whatever the rules are. And so all the parents were informed, hey, they're going to have conversations about premarital sex. This is what they're going to talk about. If you have any concerns, this is the Sunday they're going to do it. Don't have your kids there. Pretty straightforward. And uh, my parents wanted us to be able to hear and they, they had all the guys go to one side, and they talk, all the guys talked to the guys, and the gals talked to the gals. And Jessie, I remember she talked about how she was promiscuous, how she had given her body away, and how she had soul ties to a bunch of men, and she encouraged us young ladies to wait for marriage and to be pure and to make good decisions about our bodies. And even though I was sexually assaulted as a, as a young child, I made a conscious decision to not have sex until marriage. I made that decision. And then it was stripped of me in college from an army ranger who was hurting because he went to a war zone that that we weren't even supposed to be in as a nation. And half his platoon died and he couldn't talk to anybody about it because we weren't supposed to be in that country. So he raped me. He took advantage of me when I was under the influence of alcohol. When I asked him a week before, I told him, I said, I live with my parents. It was like my senior year. I said, I am very spiritually connected and there's, I have conviction in my heart and I live under my parents' rules and I made this decision to not have sex before marriage. I would like to wait. If you would like to date me, 
can you respect that? And he said, yes, no problem. And then he didn't respect it. Then I had to deal with a first responder that told me if I reported the crime, he would lose his job. He focused on the problem that I would be causing for the man instead of fixing the crime that was committed to me. I've been disrespected from men my entire life. And when I shared my truth on LinkedIn and that I chose to forgive this man, that it was a part of my truth, the Democratic Party wanted to destroy me because I made the military look bad from their perspective. Now, when I received protections in 2020 from my hero, he asked me honest questions. He wanted to find out who this man was. And I said, I've chosen to forgive him. Forgive him. And he said, well, what kind of car did he drive? I said, it was a black truck. He said, what kind? I said, I think it was a Dodge, but it was so long ago, I don't remember. He said, where was he from? I said, Shreveport, Louisiana. You got to say Shree, but there's a V in there. And he smiled. I said, but his license plate on his truck was Texas. He said, how do you remember that? I said, because I just remember. I started having PTSD when I was a health educator for the Armed Forces Wellness Center. I started having blackout visions where I was seeing his truck everywhere and I thought he was going to come after me. I had PTSD. Nobody diagnosed me. No one was providing me treatment because when I went one time to the university therapist to get help because I was struggling after the, the incident happened, after the first responder didn't support me and I had to deal with it by my fucking self. The psychologist told me I could be kicked out of school for talking about self-harm thoughts which are caused by PTSD. I never went back why would I go back if I would lose my degree I would have to get kicked out of school for what a man did to me so I've had to train my mind to suck it up be tough and not talk about things and I stuffed it for 15 years and I finally was ready to share my truth when I was building my brand move happy when the Lord told me that I was going to be the person to help people with depression that is the truth People have tried on purpose to damage my reputation. They've tried to erase my history. they try tried to cover up the truth because they think that telling the truth makes America look bad. But no, telling the truth is your story. It's your right to share the truth. Now, if you share and you keep talking and talking and talking and talking and talking about the same thing over and over again, then you haven't really forgiven the person. I have forgiven. I have fully forgiven that person. And as it comes up and it's relevant in a sermon or in a conversation, it's my right because it's part of my story. No one has the right to tell me to be quiet, to hide information, or to cover things up. And no one has the right to cover up my truth. We are 44 days away as I record this. 44 fucking days away from me getting my husband back. I married my hero of 2020. He listened to me and he apologized on behalf of the entire military for what happened to me because he knew I was telling the truth about the rape. And he wanted to find out who this guy was to probably see if he's still in the military. To talk to him, have a conversation with him. Because this man got to accelerate his career and probably made a ton of money. Meanwhile, I've been struggling financially my entire career, and then I was stolen from for three years because of this contract that the richest evil group in the world that sacrificed and sexualized children paid Biden's security guy to steal from me for three years. It was so fucked up, and he knew it. He knew because they asked his advice. So then he asked me how long before I started hiring people again. They all were involved in it, and he couldn't tell me, and he knew how fucked up the situation was, because he looked into my background, and he was like, you're a good person, why are they doing this to you? Because evil is everywhere. That's the man I married. 
the man that knew the whole truth. He didn't judge me for how promiscuous I was in my background after that man raped me in my 20s. He didn't judge me for having weaknesses and sexual sins because I've been forced by men to do sexual acts my entire life in order to keep myself alive. He never judged me, ever. He saw me through Jesus' eyes. When I married him last year, we committed to each other, and then they tried to have us killed when he asked to retire from this group. President Biden, what's that, Father? He says, say this out loud, President Biden will be killed for his treason. <whistles> okay, I ain't, been, I ain't making no threats. That's what the Lord just told me to say to you. So those of you listening, that's from the Lord. Now it's going to be after this meeting, October 17th, because we're all going to be in this social media post. So between now and then, he better prepare for his last days on this earth. And we all, we all don't know. None of us know our last day on the earth unless you plan to kill yourself. That is not the desire of the Father at all. Not at all. He desires for all of us to choose to be kind to others. To choose love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, long-suffering. The fruit of the Spirit is evident in His children. And something that my hero of 2020 that became my husband last year shared with me, he said, I believe there's going to be a lot of people in heaven that don't believe in God at all, that are good people, that have made good decisions, that never had an opportunity to hear about the Father, or that had really bad experiences around church. Maybe they were raped from a priest who had a sexual addiction, and he wasn't allowed to have sex, right? So then he hid it, and he was having sex with little boys. It happens. So then that little boy grows up, and then he has a hatred towards the church. He said, I believe there's going to be a lot of people in heaven that the world doesn't think deserve to be in heaven. And a lot of people that think they're going to get to heaven that won't. He said, the last will be first, and the first will be last. He taught me how to be a better Christian, a better believer, a better human being. He never identified as a Christian. He said, I don't like any labels of any sort. Because people use labels and religion to harm other people, to judge other people. I married a good man. I married a fucking good man. And I do. I do get my husband back. The pedophiles will be removed from office. I will be in a lifetime assignment for the rest of my life. He knew. He knew when he protected me in 2020, he said, there is something special about your future. He has spiritual gifts. And he said, I know there's something coming in your future. You're not ready yet, though. You need to be trained up. That is what the three years have done for me. I'm ready. I'm fucking ready to go. Let's go. And I am working on my cursing. The last couple episodes, I've thrown the F-bomb out there. But I honestly think it does attract more military people to listen. That's what I honestly think. And if people don't like it, guess what? There's plenty of other ministers you can go listen to. But nobody has... Nobody is as spiritually connected to the Father as I am, I, right now, because the Father assigned me as Chief Spiritual Officer of America. So you can't be Chief unless you are leading everybody else. So He has gifted me extra, extra divine anointing. That means I have extra responsibility to spend more time with Him. That means I need more time with Him and my bills covered. So men... That have been messing with my money. Because I know women wouldn't do that to me. Men, I need you to step up and start paying my bills. Make sure all my bills are covered. Because my husband is a fierce man. 
And he told me, Aaron, you don't want to be around me. When my wrath mode goes off, I will not allow you to be around me. I don't want you to see me that way. So I need you men that have disrespected my husband and me to step up, make sure all my bills are paid for, get rid of all my credit card debt that you caused, get my student let student debt paid off, fix my credit score you fucked up on purpose, illegally, so I can get housing. Yeah, you fucked up my whole fucking life. Fix it. Fix it now. There are no tomorrows for you. My husband knows each and every one of you that have been messing with my tech for three years. You better get down on your knees. You better ask the Lord for repentance, for forgiveness. There are no tomorrows. And my husband told me, in war times, you can't be sad for people that die. There are casualties in war. My husband and I are both ministers. He fucked with the wrong veteran spouse. Anything else, Father, about being nocturnal? Anything else? He says something about Oscar the Grouch. What about Oscar the Grouch? Green cat? I guess he was a green cat. Hmm? Oscar the Grouch. The actor that plays him right now is a pedophile? Oh. Okay, so whoever Oscar the Grouch, the actor, is right now is a pedophile. So now you know. Oh, there's going to be a lot. A lot of pedophiles that he's going to reveal to me because he loves me and he loves that I protect children. That's our job as adults. Many adults have profited off the children of the world. And uh, those people will not be living much longer if they continue. That's what the Lord said. And he also told me not to cry for them. So here I am learning to be tough. Y'all wanted me to be a warrior, so here I am. I can't wait to get my honorary uh, chaplain certificates from all the military. Yeah. No one's going to question my story moving forward. No one. They can ask questions, but no one is going to be damaging my reputation on purpose. Because you will be damaging the bank accounts of the Top trained assassins that protect all the presidents of America. Yeah. Because when my bank account is negative, that means that I can't give to them. Yeah, and I've already made the commitment for my 40th birthday. We're going to be living off of 10% and giving away 90% of our income. And uh, some of that, right, is our story, our book, our TV show, whatever that's our... Anything that is uh, uh, based on the autobiography, right? <clears throat> that is, that's to the Hope Foundation. And uh, when you mess with my time, you waste my time. You mess with the money that I could be making and the people I could be helping. So I've raised my standards. No one is going to be disrespecting me any further. What's that, Father? Traveler's Insurance Company owes me a lot of money. They practically forced me into homelessness. If my mom wouldn't have sent me emergency money out of her savings, when my husband should be covering all of our bills, Traveler's Insurance made $10 billion in the last 12 months, and they haven't paid me anything when their customer caused me to lose my job. And I haven't been able to get medical treatment. America is in the shithole. And Traveler's Insurance, we will be suing their company. I've already let them know that. And we're suing Morgan & Morgan. Because they were reached out to from the Democratic Party to not help me on purpose. Too many people have been fucking with my money. So we're going to sue every organization that's made poor choices. 
Yeah. It's not Christian-like. Guess what? It's not Christian-like what you've done to me. So uh, what my husband told me is that it is perfectly acceptable to sue people that are not Christians. And uh, frankly, the behaviors that people have chosen against me and my husband, not Christian-like behaviors. So I give zero fucks about your opinion of my faith system. And uh, Pastor Joel, yeah, he's totally fine with suing people. He talks about it all the time. So if you got a problem with it, speak to the man that you're money laundering through. Yeah, can't wait to meet him in person. I can't believe you guys threatened him and his children. It's so fucked up. So fucked up. You guys are losers. Big, fat losers. It is what it is. There's winners and losers in life. And uh, Erin Nicole, Erin Nicole's a winner. And she married a big winner. Oh, yeah. Best man in the world. All right, anything else, Father? Okay, he says, nope, wrap it up. All right, so if you desire to be a winner and connect to the Father directly, nobody can sell it to you. You can't earn it. It's a gift from Him to you. Just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this gift of salvation. I can't earn it or buy it. You give it freely to those who believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, I ask you to come into my heart and convict me Show me when I'm making mistakes. Show me a better way to be kinder to others and to choose the love of the Father and the love of your Son, Father. Thank you. I pray this in your heavenly name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, we want to encourage you to get plugged into a Bible-based church. Next steps are to get into a small group, okay, in person. Okay, because the internet's going to be shut down in November. So you want to get plugged in regularly with people that you can meet with, that you can dine with, and you can also tell them, hey, the internet's going to be shut down. Phone lines are not going to be working. We need to start making our plans for safety of the children and plans for financial stuff because there's banks that are going to be shut down. I mean, all kinds of people are messaging me on on, uh, direct messages from all kinds of countries. Um, there was already a shutdown in Nigeria I heard about, or they're trying to make all, all the banks, one unified bank. We are in the end times. So, uh, we are in wartime. You need to prepare and, uh, there is no fear where God is present. So prayers work. The prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. Kids need us all to be of sound mind and to not speak fear. Okay, so that means you need to pray regularly, get your kids plugged into church, youth group programs and whatnot. And um, if you don't live in an area where there's a lot of churches around, then maybe you start a small group with just your family and you just start praying with your family and see if, see if you can have, you know, your neighbors come over. Pray on it and ask for the Lord to send people to you. Okay, anything's possible. Anything else, Father? What's that? He says, ask for the nocturnal people to pray for me. Okay. He says, if you're a nocturnal person, if you tend to stay up late at night, if you could pray for me and my family. I'm maxed stress. But the Lord continues to allow me to have a sound mind. The more I spend time with him. So if he could continue praying for me or start praying for me and my family. Um, I need money. <laughs> I need money. We all need money. But I really need money. I've been blocked from going to a job. So I've been applying for jobs. And I've had interviews for jobs. And they want to know why I'm not at my job. Then I explain the situation. And they're like, well, have you given your two weeks notice? No, because the insurance companies aren't providing me medical coverage. They're requiring me to use my insurance for my day job, even though the day job had nothing to do with a car accident. It is straight up illegal what's going on. And so it's confusing for me and I'm stuck in the middle. And then they're like, well, well, are you going to go back to your job? 
that you have right now? And I'm like, no, that's why I'm here. I'm applying for a new job. And then they don't call me back. So it's such a fucked up situation. I need you to pray for the right job for me, for money to cover my bills and a new address. Because I've been given 60 days notice this morning. I'm in a program through a social work program. And she's helping to connect me. I got signed up for therapy. Um, I haven't had my appointment yet. It's like two, three weeks from now. But if I get sent to jail for a month, then I won't be able to see my therapist. And why would I be sent to jail? Because I was arrested on false charges for protecting children from an abuser. And the lady owes me a bunch of money. Yeah. America is in the shithole. So I need you to pray for peace for my family. Because I know my mom is stressed to the max. I heard her stressed out about the lemonade with my nephew, her grandchild that lives with her. All the grandchildren, all the boys live with her. And she was so stressed out that he drank from the communal lemonade that she was trying to set up to make for everybody to pour into their own cups because she doesn't want anybody to get sick because they can't afford to get sick and go to the doctors. That's how stressed she is right now because she had to send me emergency money from her savings. She's not doing her own doctor's appointments because her daughter isn't being taken care of from her husband. He violated our vow because he has to keep me alive because America is fucked up right now. President Trump will be back in office. So please pray for peace for my family, for money to flow through. And for these loser men that have tried to cheat in every angle possible to win a contest. Have taken advantage of their most fierce trained assassin. And they didn't think that we would retaliate. Yeah. Pray that my husband doesn't tell his buddies to set all the bombs off that he knows where all they're at in America. Yeah. Pray that. His wrath stays far away from his fingers. Because I married the top security man that protects President Trump. And he will do anything to keep his wife alive. And these people tried to kill us last year. And I've had zero contact with my husband. Pray that I don't lose my shit and start telling him to cause harm in America because nobody fucking gives a shit about Aaron. That's how I've been experiencing the world for the last three years. They have tested me in every single psychological torture, breaking every single Geneva Code and every single freedom that veterans have fought wars for to protect in America. Pray that I don't lose my shit because if I do, there's no going back from there. That's what they've wanted me to do this whole time. They've wanted me to lose my shit. So then they can arrest me. Just like they've falsely arrested all these other January 6th people that they've tortured on purpose. Because Biden fucks little boys and girls. And he wants to continue doing it. And there's a lot of people getting paid to allow him to stay in office. What's that, Father? Even even my high school choir teacher has been manipulated from the media, Mr. Krause. He's a huge Democratic supporter. And he's talking, he made a post about why won't they just arrest. And I knew who he was talking about. And I commented on it. And he hasn't called me or reached out. And I think they took down that post after I, po- I posted on it. I commented in the post and I said, the reason why they haven't arrested him is because the president in power right now tried to have your favorite student of all time killed. Don't you fucking give a shit? I didn't say fucking give a shit, but I said, that's the truth. And you got to meet the guy. 
that received the payment. Yeah, there's no hiding it from all of my associations. Everybody fucking knows the truth. Worst president ever. Yeah. Worst. And your team? Younger. Not as wise. Not as experienced. And I married the more experienced one. That's why your team got so upset. Because you were stealing from me and you were trying your best to cover it up. And he covered and protected me. And he loves me. And he tried to have us killed when he asked to retire. Worst president ever. The military doesn't like you, Biden. Nobody that knows the truth likes you. 44 days. Don't be late. You will make sure that all 107 letters, apologies from all the top level military leaders are mailed to my husband. Don't fucking disrespect us. Their family's photos will be included. Their physical address will be included since you've fucked with my address so many times. Yeah, and you forced me into fear. No surprises in this meeting. My husband will be picked up first. You make sure to reach out to him first. Communicate when, where, how, everything. I imagine we'll meet before the 17th of October, but we will all post it on the 17th of October. No surprises. You will let my mother know in advance, much in advance. Very fancy invitation. Fancy outfit. Whatever my husband asks for, he will be provided. You have greatly disrespected my family. And you've greatly disrespected American veterans and veteran spouses. No veteran spouse will go through what I've been through ever again. I'll make sure of that. Make sure you have the Excel spreadsheet of all the January 6th people that have been arrested and how you are rectifying the situation. Make it simple. How much money you've paid their families. What jobs you provided for them. And have you fully expunged everything in their records. And if they've been killed, that you've paid their family times 10 their highest salary minimum and ask their family how else you can fix the situation for what you've done to Americans. Don't waste my time. I've won this contest. You have done nothing but cheat, steal, and break laws and you still lost. You will be killed for the treason. That is what the Lord said. But that meeting will take place first. No weapons will be allowed in that meeting. We don't need any weapons. All the top trained assassins that protect all the presidents that are alive will be in that meeting. They don't need weapons to kill anybody. why you hired them to keep you alive so nobody's going to mess with anybody in that meeting they're going to be full of peace you're all going to respect my mother and apologize to her for all the unnecessary stress you've caused on her for the last three years of this ridiculous contest 
the Lord assigned it to me in 2018. You didn't need to do any of this stuff, but you did in order for me to have enough leverage to set this meeting up. We'll discuss the HOPE Act. Nobody's going to continue trying to steal the ideas that the Lord gives to me anymore. Moving forward. If you have any questions, you can reach out to my husband. Stop having people message me and disrespecting me in the direct messages. It's wasting my energy and I really don't like it. And if I'm not happy going into that meeting, it's not going to be good for you. Anything else, Father? Okay. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today and we'll see you next time